Welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. I cannot wait to talk about this. <laughs> I know if you've been here a while, you're like, yeah, we know. You say this every single time. But this is a topic that I'm super, super, super passionate about. And we're talking about an unmedicated birth. And if you know me, if you've been here for a while, you know that I had an unmedicated birth with my daughter, Madison, back in June. Um, it was obviously totally natural. Out of my hoo-ha, no medication, nothing. It was absolutely amazing. And that was not by chance. There was a lot of preparation that went into it physically and mentally. And I know if you're listening to this podcast, you want to do things as naturally as possible too. And maybe you want to have an unmedicated birth. And I want to share with you my top 12 tips to support you in making this a reality. And I had no intention of talking about this today. I record on Wednesdays now. My husband's with um, Madison. And I was like, what am I going to talk about today? And then I was on a walk and I got a message from a woman who's in my membership, the motherhood unfiltered membership. And she wrote her birth story. She just had her baby girl. And obviously I'm not going to share her birth story or her name. Obviously it's confidential, but something she said in there, I literally had chills up and down my body. And I was like, this is what I need to talk about today. Um, and part of what she said, I'm just going to read it. She was like, Corinne's voice kept playing in my head throughout labor. And I know I made the best choice for me and my baby. And then later on, she was like, I'm beyond thankful for the mental strength I've learned from Corinne. All my efforts for natural labor weren't in vain. But the part of her saying that like my voice was playing throughout her head in labor, I was like, oh my, first of all, like what an honor. And also like, holy shit. Like it's so, it does not like go over my head of like, what a privilege it is to have this type of community and to really make such an impact in so many ways that I don't even know about to all these women to be a voice in someone's head during the most important, the most empowering, the most challenging thing they'll ever do in their life. I was like, this is so freaking cool. Like I literally can't get over it. So I am going to talk to you. That's what made me think about this episode. I was like, okay, I need to talk about this today because if I could be the voice and of, of the voice in someone's head during this time to help support them in having a medicated birth, like you bet your ass I'm going to talk about it. So this could be a reality for you. So let's dive in 12 tips for an unmedicated birth. Also, I, I recorded my whole birth story with my doula. Um, we will link that episode below if you missed it. So we talked about all the nitty gritty of everything. It was such a good episode. And it's so cool because when you're going through birth, like there's so many things I didn't even know that was happening. There's so many things you forget. And it was so nice to be able to have my doula on the podcast and for me to just talk to her about it. Cause I was like, I don't even remember half this shit because you're in, you're in your own world, especially when you're doing it unmedicated, or I shouldn't say especially, I'm, I'm sure it's in any type of uh, birthing experience. So that's also to say, like if you're listening to this and you already gave birth and you didn't have it medicated or you had it medicated or you got an epidural or you had a C-section, like this is not to say that one way is better than the other. This is not to say that you aren't as strong or anything like 
literally any way that you birth a human is freaking incredible. Your body is amazing. And sometimes there are certain circumstances, certain situations like this woman who's in the membership where a natural unmedicated birth was just not the option. Something happened with the baby, like they had to get the baby out. There's things like this that that go on. So that's not to say that this is like the only way or the best way or that you're a bad mom for having an epidural or for getting a C-section. Like that's not what this is at all. You know my heart with this. I just really want to provide some support for those of you who want to go into birth with the intention of having it unmedicated, which was what I wanted to do. And that's what actually ended up happening. So here we go. Number one tip, these aren't in really any specific order, just kind of what brain dumped. But my number one thing is having a consistent meditation and breathing practice throughout your entire pregnancy. And honestly, I hope you were doing it before that too, but definitely throughout your pregnancy, having a consistent meditation and breathing practice because your breath is your most important asset during birthing time. Your most important, that is the one thing that you have control over, (coughs) excuse me. I had a Saqqara protein bar before I started this episode. Hold on a second. I need some water. By the way, if you're looking for a protein bar, they're my absolute favorite. I, oh, I wish I had the wrapper. Sure. Anyway, moving on. I'm not going to squirrel because it's an important episode and I want to get through it with it. Okay. Your breath is your most important asset during your birthing time because it's the one thing that you can control. It helps move your energy. It helps you like when you're in so much, like when you're feeling so much pressure. So I don't want to say the word pain because that's what we're going to talk about too. When you're feeling so much pressure, you have to shift your focus from the pressure that you're, that you are experiencing to your breath. And that is the one thing that you can control throughout this entire experience So having a consistent meditation and breathing practice throughout your pregnancy, where you are training your brain to focus, instead of focusing on all thoughts that are going on, we're refocusing onto your breath. We're refocusing onto your breath. We're refocusing onto your breath. That is such a huge asset. That was the number one. That's like so hard to say, but that was probably the number one thing that really supported me throughout this whole birthing experience was that I did so much meditation and breathing for decades, for not decades, (laughs) not that old, um, for years and years, probably a decade leading up to my pregnancy, not to say you need to do that, but I'm saying throughout your pregnancy, I really would recommend having a consistent meditation and breathing practice where you're training your brain to focus on your breath because that is going to be huge for you during your birthing time. Um, Second thing is having positive stories around birthing. Like making sure the people you're talking to, the podcasts you're listening to, the books you're reading, anything that has to do with birth is in a positive story around it. You're not hearing people's trauma story. You're not hearing about how hard it is. You're not hearing about how painful it is. You're not hearing about how they want to do this, but X, Y, and Z happened or how it's going to be impossible or whatever it is. Like you need to have positive stories around birthing and making sure that you actually believe it's possible. Because if you don't believe it's possible for you to have an unmedicated birth, then you're not going to have an unmedicated birth. That's just like with anything in life. If you don't believe it's possible for you to get your period, if you don't believe it's possible for you to get pregnant, uh, to get pregnant naturally, if you don't believe it's possible to, you know, make the money you want to make, whatever it is, then it's not going to happen, right? Because your beliefs control everything. They control your thoughts, your thoughts control your emotions, your emotions control your actions. It's just a ripple effect. So you have to believe that it's possible for you and you need to see that it is possible. You have to have a positive mindset around your birthing experience to know that your body can 100% handle it. It is safe, normal, and natural to have a baby. It's absolutely possible. So some, obviously I worked on 
not worked on. I went through a hypno babies course throughout my pregnancy, which is something I, this is like part of this that I would highly recommend doing. Um, I started it when I was 20 weeks pregnant and I carried it. I did it every single day throughout my pregnancy, starting at 20 weeks. Um, these hypno babies courses, uh, this hypno babies course, and there were recordings to listen to hypno hypnosis. So like the way that I went around it was I listened to a hypnosis track every single night. As I went to bed, I put it on, I fell asleep during every single one of them. Um, and it's totally fine. You're brain is still listening. Your subconscious is still listening. And then the affirmations, there's a, I think it was like a 30 minute affirmations, um, audio. I listened to it every single day and it was all affirmations about how like normal, uh, positive, like just positive affirmations about pregnancy and birth in general. And it really shaped the way that I thought about it. And that is so huge. And I would listen to it as I was getting ready for the shower and getting ready for bed. Um, or you can listen to it while you're driving or whatever. So I'll link below the hypno babies course that I personally did. And you could use my code Corinne for a discount. If you want to hop in that, I'll put all that in the show notes for you. But this, some of the things that I told myself that actually these sayings, they might've been in the affirmations. I can't even remember. It might've been from my doula, but some positive things I had on repeat in my head was I can do anything for 60 seconds. I can do anything for 60 seconds. I can control my breath. That was something that my doula and Chris, my husband said to me during every single uh, pressure wave. Again, I'm going to talk about changing your language. That was something they talked about in hypno babies. Instead of saying contractions, we say pressure waves because it just sounds better. Um, so every single pressure wave, my husband would say, you could control your breath. You can control your breath. You could do anything for 60 seconds. Like having someone just like pour that belief into you because you might not remember to think about it in the moment, but having someone say that to you is that was so helpful. That one line, you could control your breath. It's like, okay, that's right. I can control my breath. I can control my breath. That was so huge for me. Every single time I had a pressure wave, he said that every time you could control your breath, you could control your breath. And it was huge for me. So that is so, so, so important. Um, other things like you're one breath closer to meeting your baby. As soon as the baby comes out, the pain is over, which is 100% true. Literally the second Madison was out, zero pain after that, like forever, not just then, but like no more pain ever. If that, like I was walking around after I was totally fine. I never took a tunnel. I didn't take anything after that. The pain was completely gone after. So that is something else I held on to because my doula would always say, especially when I was pushing, she was saying to me, she's like, Corinne, as soon as the baby's out, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. The pain's going to be on. You're almost there. As soon as the baby comes out, the pain is going to be over. And that was like, okay, I'm almost there. Like three more pushes. It was a little more than three more pushes, but whatever. It was like that, that was so helpful to me. The pain is going to stop as soon as the baby comes out, hold on to that. And that really, really helped me. Um, hearing you're doing amazing. Your body knows exactly what to do. Like either having these people say like have it written down and posted up, but like in the beginning of your birthing time, like you'll be able to like read stuff and look on the wall. But like when you're in the thick of it, like I want to say like past seven centimeters, you're not reading shit. Okay. (laughs) Like you're not looking at a wall. You're not reading anything. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Like you're not gonna be able to read. Okay. So having people, so if you want to hang that up for the beginning, that's cool. But I think it's more supportive for me personally 
having these things maybe written down for your partner or your doula or whatever to say them to you, that is what's most important because you're not going to be able to read when it comes to the heat of it. Like it's just not going to fucking happen. Okay. So doing that, or if you're, and, and the whole time I had my hypno babies on my, like you'll see in the pictures of me during the whole birthing time while I was actually pushing. And when I first held Madison, I have my AirPods in my ear, just one in my ear. Cause I want to be able to hear other things going on of my hypno babies the entire time from the second I, my water broke from the second I started feeling some pressure waves, I put that in. Um, but those are some really awesome affirmations and things that you could have your partner, your doula or whatever say to you. And that I just really, really, really helped me during the actual birthing time. So that's number two. Um, and that's, and then, and, and then part of this again is changing your language. So instead of saying during labor, um, you say birthing time. This is something I learned in my hypno babies course. Instead of saying contractions, you say, um, pressure waves because labor indicates something hard, right? Oh, I'm laboring. It's something hard, something intense. Like you want to have a different spin on it. So saying during my birthing time is really important. You can also inform your doctor around this change in language. So he could use the words that are supportive for you. Same with your partner, people around you, whatever it could be really helpful also. Number three is really like just deciding. And obviously it could go, I went into it with the intention of like, this is what's happening, but also of course, in an emergency, I'm open to something else happening. Or if I really need to, I'm open to getting an epidural, like not, not holding on too tightly, but also fully known this was going to happen. Like visualize it right down. You actually doing it. Like, what is it going to feel like? Like really visualizing the experience of like doing it unmedicated, what this means and the why behind it. Like, why do I want to do it unmedicated? That was huge for me. It's like, I want to do this unmedicated, not just to say like, Oh, look how strong I am. Like that is not it for me. It was because first of all, I don't even like to take an Advil. I, I can't even tell you last time I took an Advil and ibuprofen, anything like that. Like, so for me, any type of medicine, it was just like, I don't want to do it if I don't have to, um, something in my spine really freaked me out. And I also just, obviously I, I know that I could get past onto the baby. The baby could come out a little bit more tired. So that can affect them latching properly. It can affect your breast, uh, you know, your, um, breastfeeding journey. If they're a little like tired after and not as alert to try and latch as easily. Um, I just didn't want that medication in my body while the baby was still in me. Um, so that was just something that was really important to me. And then again, the other thing, my spine was just like a real big freak out for me. Like I just did not want to do that. Um, and also I've heard from other people who did it where like you are able to just, you're totally fine after, like you could get up, walk around. Like I, I always see like things about like, Oh, the first walk to the bathroom after you have a baby, you're like trying to like crawl your way there. And I'm like, that was not my experience. Like, yes, you are bleeding and you feel that shit coming out in clots. It's alarming. You have a ton, you have ice packs, you've got, uh, the, the like Perry, uh, not the, what was it? Um, hazel, which, uh, witch hazel stuff. You have, um, these little like w- cooling wipes. You have an ice pack, you have underwear, you have the elastic underwear. Like it's a hot mess. So it's not a comfortable walk, but I was walking around like I'm walking around right now, like completely fine. And that was something that was important to me too. So the why behind it and really visualizing all of that and knowing when you're going through it, What's on the other side of it? Why you actually want to do this? How much better it's going to be once the baby is out if you can just commit to doing this unmedicated throughout this process and focusing on that instead of focusing on the pressure and the pain that you're experiencing. Um, so that's number three. Um, number four is having someone to support you, like a doula or a midwife. I mean, that honestly goes without saying. It's so important for you to have someone that is you know on in your corner to not only you know, have less interventions as possible. 
when you have someone like that, you just naturally have less interventions. Cause not only was it unmedicated, like, but also I didn't have IVs hooked up into me. So I was able to freely move around. I only was monitored every, I think it was like every two or every two or three hours they came in to monitor me. Go listen to my birth story because it's in there. I don't remember. Um, but I wasn't hooked up to anything. I had as least interventions as possible, like cervical checks. I think it was only like three, maybe they checked me three times. I can't remember. That shit was, woo. That was, <laughs> that was rough. That was almost, almost as bad as having pressure waves. Let me just tell you, I was like, damn, I didn't think a cervical check was going to be painful. But anyway, um, it's all worth it. It's all good. You can handle it. Just breathe your way through it. Okay, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you are most likely pregnant or possibly trying to conceive, not sure, but either way, I want to make sure you know about these two resources I have for you that are going to support you not only on your fertility journey, if that's where you are, but your pregnancy and your postpartum, which is huge. So the first is a free training that I have that is teaching you all about how to create hormone balanced meals. It is so important to balance your blood sugar heading into pregnancy and improving your fertility. If your blood sugar is off, it is going to negatively impact how your ovaries are actually functioning in a big, big way. It is one of the major root causes of all hormonal imbalances, which is why it's the first module of the Mind Your Hormones Method. I have so many trainings on it in there. I actually pulled this training that's free for you from that first module of the Mind Your Hormones Method so you can get access to this because it's so powerful. So it teaches you how to create hormone balancing, blood sugar balancing meals that is essential for you in your fertility, but also in pregnancy for helping reduce gestational diabetes, which obviously we want to do. You don't want to be on medications and insulin and stuff while you're pregnant. It's super, super important. And obviously this is also going to help you rebalance your hormones postpartum and learning about this now and getting these tips that this like foundation down of how to actually create meals that are hormone balancing. So you don't have to think about it postpartum. Um, Let me just tell you, the less you have to think about the better. So I'll put that link in the show notes. It's totally free. It's amazing. I also have like my smoothie formula tutorial in there for you. So highly recommend checking that out. And then the second resource I have for you is my supplement masterclass. I actually, if you're listening to this in real time, I just recently updated the fertility pregnancy and postpartum protocol because I've now gone through all three of those stages and there were certain things I wanted to change from when I originally created that protocol and that training specifically on different timing of certain um, supplements with like your iron, your vitamin D, how your needs change throughout trimester to trimester. So I added more information about that in there. Um, Also, I added more information about what you need more of during your postpartum time than as it's different during fertility and during pregnancy. There's a lot of things I updated just from personal experience and I wanted to make sure that it's in there for you. If you already have the Mind Your Hormones Method or the Supplement Masterclass, you get immediate uh, access to the updates. You always get access to the updates and lifetime access. If you don't yet have my Supplement Masterclass, it is one of the best things you can invest in. It's $111. It is the best $111 you will spend. Again, there's a specific supplement protocol for fertility, for pregnancy, and a different one also, like all three different ones for postpartum. You get immediate and lifetime access to it and access to any updates I make to it. And like I said, I just updated it. So it is new, newly updated. And it's not me just telling you, okay, here's the brands. Here's what it is. Like I'm teaching you why these supplements are so important in these different stages of life, how they actually work in your body, the timing to take it, which is so important for the absorption. It's you can't, you can't just take, you can, but for absorption, uh, for the effectiveness of the absorption of whatever supplement it is, the timing. And if you're taking it with or without food is extremely important. And then also the dosages and how that does change, whether you're trying to conceive, 
conceive, whether you're pregnant, depending on what trimester in postpartum, like I go through all of that. It is the best training you can get right now, like uh, hands freaking down. So that link will be in the show notes for you too. So check out both of those resources, whether you're trying to get pregnant, you are pregnant or you are postpartum. These resources are here to support you. And there are other supplement protocols in there as well. There's an overall cyclical health and wellness one that you can support your partner. If you have a male partner, he could take those supplements in there. There's a PCOS one, endometriosis one, safe as having birth control. It's all in there. You get access to all of it. So it's amazing. Go check them out. The links will be in the show notes for both of those resources for you. But anyway, having someone there to support you and not only for less interventions, but also to move you in different positions so that you do have a positive outcome. Because sometimes, again, the baby could move, or if you're having a lot of back labor, the midwife or doula will know certain positions to put you in or certain things to do on your back to help with the pain that you are specifically experiencing. Um, and that was extremely helpful for me. Like for, for me, I had a lot of pressure in my tailbone because I'd previously injured my tailbone. So like sitting was not an option. I was on my side with a peanut ball in between my legs a lot. I was on all fours a ton. Um, she, she would like squeeze my hips sometimes and sometimes it would hurt more when she did that. So I'd be like, okay, stop doing that. Um, but it was really helpful for her to put us in different positions, specifically when pushing, um, which is, well, I'll get to that because that's another tip. So anyway, having a doula midwife to support you in different positions and having less interventions is freaking huge. Um, number five, informing your OBGYN about this. So he or she knows that you want to have an unmedicated birth. Like I let him, if I had a, a male doctor, I let him know from the get go, I'm, I'm planning to have an unmedicated birth, no interventions. Like I talked about this even before I gave him my birth plan. I gave him my birth plan at 38 weeks, which was perfect timing because I then had the baby before, no, was it 39 weeks I had the baby? Oh yeah. I gave it him at my 39 week appointment, I think. Anyway, it does not matter. But the point is, I talked about this even before I gave him my birth plan. Um, but giving your birth plan to your doctor prior to you going into labor um, is ext- into your birthing time is very, very important. Um, but also like letting him know as soon as you can, Hey, I'm planning on having unmedicated birth. Like just so you know, this is what's happening. Um, so he knows, or she knows what to expect and how to approach things with you. Um, so that is really something important, um, that, that they are aware of that. Okay. So that's number five. Number six is wearing a nursing bra and shorts, not a hospital gown. So I purchased the Kindra Bravely uh, hospital gown because I did not want to wear a regular hospital gown because that signifies like hospital gowns to me. And I feel like just everybody when you're in one or when you see one, it just like is a representation of someone who's sick or sickness or medication, or like you're in a hospital for one of those reasons where a birthing time is not something that's because you're sick or that's not natural or that you need medication for. Like it, it's, it just signals something totally different in your brain when you see a hospital gown and when you're in one. So for me, I got the kindred bravely one, but I didn't even end up wearing it because when you're going through your birthing time, like, well, also is summer for me, but I don't think at this season matters <laughs> when you're really in it, you're hot. Like you're, you're really, you're breathing a lot. You're going through a lot. Like for me, having that extra thing on me, like I, I didn't even put, I, I gave it, I, I gave it away. I didn't even put it on. My doula was like, I would just recommend a nursing bra and shorts. And obviously you can't birth in shorts. So I was just naked for, I don't even know, maybe, um, who knows, maybe seven centimeters on. Cause that's really when the, uh, pressure waves get more intense. And that's when you really have to focus on your breath and your why and all of that. Like that is like the, really the turning point. Um, 
from that point on, I think I just had a bra on no pants. And let me just tell you, you don't give a flying F who is seeing you naked, who's seeing anything. Like I did not care if an entire football team was in the room with me, couldn't give a shit less. You just don't care. So like that, and I'm not someone who's just like freely naked all the time. Like I'm not, I'm like pretty modest with that stuff. Um, but you don't care when you're in your birthing time. So obviously if it feels best for you to wear a household again, do what feels best for you. But just, I would have this as a backup because that extra like fabric, I just wanted to be as free as possible. I wanted nothing on me. I just wanted that nursing bra, my hair up, like as moving, moving as possible, as cool as possible. Um, that was really helpful for me because also I had a heating pad on my back and on my stomach. Um, and that, didn't overheat me because I just had a nursing bra on in my, I have a baby registry. Is it in that baby registry thing? I think it is in my baby registry. I have nursing bras that I really, really love um, that I wore in there. And now I love it because when I put the nursing bra on now, it's just pretty much like a sports bra. It doesn't have like clips or anything like that. It's just like a sports bra. It's like V neck, easy to pull down. But now when I wear it, it was my pink one. I obviously remember uh, every time I wear it, I, I remember that experience and I just, it's just so sacred to me, that bra. I like almost don't want to wear it sometimes. I'm like, Oh, this is the bra I labored in like, or I birthed in. It was just, it was just so amazing. Um, so anyway, that's what I personally rec- recommend, or at least just having it as a backup. So having comfy shorts, obviously maternity ones, duh. Um, and a nursing bra that's super, super comfortable. You want to be as comfortable as possible. And obviously your hair actually it was my hair. My hair was um, half up in like a claw clip for a while. And then at one point I remember being like, something about my hair up, <laughs> like just put it up. I need it off my neck. Um, so obviously you're going to want to make sure that that's tip number seven, have like a claw clip, have scrunchies, whatever, maybe a headband. I didn't wear a headband, but some people do to just like, if you're sweating or whatever, I really wasn't sweating. Uh, like I don't sweat a lot in general, but having your hair up is key as well. Um, number eight is having a water bottle with a straw because again, in the beginning, like when you first are through your birthing time, probably from centimeters, like, you know, one to maybe six, you can just like sip on water. You could take a drink, whatever. But like when you really are in the thick of it, you want someone to just pass you a water bottle that has a straw. So at the time I was using the booby body one, it was a glass one and I had a stainless steel straw. Um, now what I would use is I got this, I, I, I bought into the hype of the Stanley water bottle. If you're watching on YouTube, I have, um, the Stanley one where it's like, it's pretty big. How many ounces in this? Uh, 30 ounces. And it's obviously will stay cold. If you want cold water, I never have cold water, but during my birthing time, I was like giving all the ice, like I need it. Um, it was not, not like I did not chew on ice. I just drank water. And also that's another thing where people like, Oh, you can't eat and drink. Like I told them like I'm eating, I'm drinking. I actually did not eat though, but I told them that I would be, um, I, and I'm someone that like, I thought I really would want to be eating to have energy. I did not want any food. We had things like, well, I'll, I'll get to that too. Cause that's another, uh, that's another tip. I'm getting ahead of myself. But anyway, a water bottle with a straw that your partner or your doula can pass to you and, and make sure you're drinking. Cause a lot of times I was on all fours. So Chris would just put the water bottle in front of me and I would just drink like that. 
because you want to be peeing every single hour and also having your partner or your doula remind you. I didn't need a reminder because I was drinking so much. I had to pee, but making sure you pee every single hour because having a full bladder can actually hinder the baby moving down in your pelvis. So you want to make sure you're emptying your bladder as much as possible because we want to make it as easy as possible for baby to move down as quickly as possible. So you can just get the freaking ball rolling. Okay. So a water bottle with a straw. So it's easy access, um, peeing every single hour and making sure you tell your partner, your doula, your doula will probably know this, um, to remind you like, Hey, if you didn't pee this hour, Hey, let's go to the bathroom, whatever. Um, so that was something that was really, really important. That's number eight. Number nine, um, is curb walking, ball bouncing and stair climbing as well as red raspberry leaf tea and dates. So I will share, I have a reel on the curb walking, ball bouncing and stair climbing that I started at 38 weeks pregnant. Obviously you want to make sure that you're clear to do all of these things, um, you know, while you're pregnant. So make sure you clear anything with your OBGYN, with your doula, your midwife, whoever, this was something my doula shared with me and doing the curb walk, walking, the ball bouncing, the stair climbing helps the baby move down in your pelvis. So there's things that we want to do obviously leading up to the birthing time as well to have it. So the baby is down ready to go. So it's as quick of a birthing time as possible. So you're not in labor for, you know, a 24, 48 hours where you're doing unmedicated. Like, I don't think that's extremely difficult for someone to go through a birthing experience for over 24 hours without medication. That's another reason why a lot of people end up getting an epidural because it's taking so long. So doing things leading up to birth to speed up that process is really, really helpful. Um, so curb walking, bowl bouncing and stair climbing is important. I'm going to link the reel that I talked about, um, this in below. So you could check that out. And then also having red raspberry leaf tea and dates leading up to your birthing time is really important too. And I did a whole separate podcast episode on that. So I will link that below too. So you can go listen to that separately. But I know for a fact that those things helped me 1 million percent. Um, it is, it quickens labor. It helps the baby move down the pelvis more quickly, more effectively. Like it's so important. So that is number nine, check the show notes for links for those um, podcast episodes and that real on Instagram. So you could get, um, the details on curb walking, ball bouncing, and stair climbing. Again, always get clear with your doctor for all these things. Disclaimer. Okay. Don't sue me. Okay. Number 10 is having fruit or snacks on hand. Again, I had this ready. Like I had pineapple or oranges cut up and ready to go, but I did not want to, I had no interest in food whatsoever. I remember my doula being like, have something because like you're going to need the energy. I had like a couple pieces of pineapple maybe. And I was just like, I'm not interested in it. And I was good. I was so hungry after I had an amazing meal after, um, Anyway, it doesn't matter what it was, but the point is having, if you, cause you might want it, right? Having citrus fruit and snacks on hand, like a Saqqara protein bar, maybe nuts, something you could easily just grab and have if you are hungry, um, is so key. If you are going to be wanting something to eat, I ended up not wanting anything, but having that prepared just in case is really important. I had a whole snack bag, um, prepared and brought to the hospital, which I have another episode on what's in my hospital bag. And I talk about what snacks and stuff I have. So you could check that episode out too. Um, but that's number 10. And then number 11 is 
when I was in the hospital, so I birthed at home for a few hours and then I went to the hospital. I think I got to the hospital around like one 30 in the morning and then I had medicine at seven 30. So I was there for a good, like six hours. Um, I had the room dark, the lights were off. Um, I had my hypno babies in my AirPods, So I was listening to that the whole time. But if you don't purchase hypno babies, I would listen to calming music, meditation sounds, whatever like that. Um, in a dark room, maybe have essential oils or something going to really set the vibe and the mood to be as calm as possible. Um, and for me, what was comfortable, obviously trust your body. You're going to know what's comfortable, what's uncomfortable. And just move. That's the other reason why I didn't want to have IVs or be hooked up to a monitor the whole time. I wanted to be able to freely move and whatever was comfortable because it changed throughout the entire process. But for a good amount of time in the beginning, um, I think when I got to the hospital, it was like three centimeters dilated or something. I thought it was so much further along. I was like, fuck, but it went pretty quick from there, from like within six hours, I went from three to having Madison. So it wasn't that, wasn't that long, but in that beginning I was on my side with the peanut ball, with the, uh, heating pad behind me and on my stomach. And then when a birthing, uh, when a pressure wave, AKA contraction would come, I would grab onto the handrails and like hold onto that and just breathe. And for me, that was so helpful to just like have something to grab onto and already be on my side. Cause again, my, I was getting a lot of shooting pains, um, in my tailbone. So being on my side was really helpful. Um, and like getting comfortable and having the lights down and like doing your best in those beginning stages. Again, it doesn't see when you are going through it. Like I thought that was like, Oh, like I thought this was like it. Like I'm like, this is as much pressure as it's going to be. And it's just not like, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's just not, it obviously intensifies as you get closer and closer to having the baby. But as much as you can in those beginning stages, like do your best to kind of like try and fall asleep in between contractions. And if you're laying down in the dark with the lights off, like you might doze off a little bit in between because you're going to need as much energy as possible from centimeters, like seven, eight to 10, and then pushing. So do your best to not move around as much, to breathe, to, to relax as much as you can in those beginning stages and save up as much energy as possible because pushing is a ton of energy. Um, and that's where you don't want to be pushing for hours on end because that's where more tearing can happen. Obviously your pelvic floor can get more, you know, of issues happening. Like we don't want to be pushing forever and ever and ever. Um, which brings me to actually, number 12. But before I move on to that, trust your body, whatever positions feel comfortable, just trust yourself and get into those positions. I know you can obviously move around if you're not hooked up to anything, which is so key for me. Um, okay. The last one, number 12 is don't freaking push on your back. I mean, this is something I talked to my doctor about in like probably second trimester. I don't even remember, but I was like, I'm not pushing on my back. It's absolutely not happening. I had a tailbone injury. So I already knew that I was going to be having some pain in my tailbone. I didn't know it was going to be what it was, but pushing on your back makes absolutely no freaking sense. Let's talk about gravity. Number one, like it just does not make any sense to me. What pushing on your back, do you shit on your back? Like, no, it would be a lot harder if you did, right? Like it just doesn't make any sense and it will be so much easier for you if you're in other positions. So for me, um, once I started pushing, you'll know when you have to push, you'll feel it. It's just immediate. Like you can't not do it. Um, but you, you learn how to push as you're doing it. And obviously my doula supported me in this and I was in different positions. So like I was squatting and pushing a lot and she did this go listen to my birth story because I talk about it, but I had, um, Chris was on one side of the hospital bed. I was on the other side and she had this like, um, blanket 
that Chris was holding and that I was holding. Um, and he would hold all my weight and I would have the other side of it. So I could just like let go of all my weight, squat down and push. Um, and it was, that was when like, I pushed like that. I don't remember. I don't know, maybe like three times, maybe uh, who knows. And those three pushes was when my doula was like, Oh my, wait a second. She's like, I see a head. I got to go get somebody because it really made it. And you could like feel it coming down. And it was like, that was like one of the best parts for me. Like I absolutely loved that part of the birthing experience because I was like, Holy shit. Like I actually feel her coming down. And it was just so validating to like, know that the way I was pushing was working. It was so cool. I absolutely loved it. It's so crazy, but I really did love it. Like I'm excited to do that again one day, which is again, hearing stories like this is what you need to be listening to. Not that like, Oh, it's a horrible experience. It was like one of the best experiences I've ever gone through in my entire life. So empowering. And I really believe the way that you birth really does help dictate your postpartum experience. Um, but not pushing on your back is huge. So pushing in a squatting position when, when all was said and done, my doctor was like, I can't like see the baby if you're just like squatting. So I pushed on my side towards the end of it. Like once her head was there and you could see it and I was like crowning, they're like, get on the bed and they're like, stop pushing. I'm like, I can't stop pushing. Like it's just coming. So I was on my side they had my legs. Someone had an arm. I don't even know who was. Everyone was there holding whatever parts. And then I actually like felt strain in my neck that next morning. I was like, Oh my God, like you are a little bit sore the next day. Cause you're using like every muscle in your body, um, to push this baby out. But it was so cool. Like it was the best experience I've ever, I'll never forget it. Like having supportive people around you is so key and just believing in yourself that you absolutely can do this. Your body is made for this. You 100% can handle it. You can do anything you put your mind to and you have control of your breath. You have control of your breath and the pain will stop as soon as the baby comes out. Literally the second the baby comes out, it's like, Oh my God, it's over. And I was immediately crying. I was like, I did it. It is like the most validating experience, the most empowering thing I've ever done in my life. And I loved every second of it. And I cannot wait to do it again one day, God willing. So I am just sending you so much love on your journey. Please share this with someone who is possibly pregnant and wanting an unmedicated birth. I hope this helps them. I hope this helps you. Let me know if you don't feel comfortable sharing this on your story, just DM me on Instagram at Crinangelic. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If you had an unmedicated birth, like share your story because we need to hear more of those stories. Um, so I hope this helps you. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.